0: Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts
1: now. Good morning and welcome back to our number two of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I'm Jeff Dean here with you, and whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're listening via the live stream, which you can find on ESPNTucson.com, we do appreciate you tuning in here every single weekday from 7 to 9 a.m. as we are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Also, if you're unable to listen to the entire show, if you just prefer to listen at your leisure, as uh, many uh, many of my friends and such do, people that I've talked to, not just uh you know uh, across the the state and across the country but also just right there in Tucson they uh, they like to just listen at their leisure you can download the podcast and uh, you can listen whenever you like wherever you go keep it with you download it there you can download the podcast everywhere you get your podcast uh, audible amazon apple Podcasts, uh stitcher tune in um, all the different places you can get your podcast you can find the Jeff Dean show for podcast and I do appreciate you guys tuning in we try to keep you informed and entertained here in the world of sports and uh, you know, never a shortage of opinions from me here. So we'll keep we'll keep that going. Obviously, if you want to interact with me, you can interact with me on Twitter at uaz voice. That's at uaz voice. You can find me on Twitter there. If you want to give me a follow, I can guarantee I'm not the most exciting follow on Twitter. Uh, not anywhere near it. But I also don't start a whole lot of fights. I'm not a troll, and uh, just like to have a little fun there and keep you try to keep you informed on some other things going on as well. Now I mentioned. The uh, World Series Game 6, that game you can hear right here on our airwaves on ESPN Tucson. Coverage for that starts at 4 p.m. So Spears and Ali will be preempted today. They only have a one-hour show. So it's, I guess it's good that I'm going to bring on Justin here in about uh, 25 minutes to get his thoughts on last night's basketball game and also Saturday's uh, football game as well because he's not going to have a whole lot of time today because you know, he sits next to a guy who chews up most of his talk time and so he, Justin needs those full three hours to get in his thoughts and opinions, like the like for like 15, 20 minutes that he's allowed to talk on the show because Ali is pretty much dominating the, the microphone. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, you know, Ali, of course, very funny guy, very well-informed. And it's a good show. I'm just, I, I give them guff all the time. And uh, it's good. You know, look, we're guys here, right? Like it's, it's, all, it's all part of it. Like if, you're, if, if I'm not giving you a hard time, it's because I don't like you. So if I'm giving you a hard time, I always tell people that. I'm like, look, if I'm giving you a hard time, if I'm razzing you, if I'm giving you the business, it's because I like you. Like, don't take it personally. It's In fact, do take it personally. It means I like you personally. Um, all right, so the CFP the, the CFP rankings are coming out today. Those will be debuting at 4 p.m. The College Football Playoff Committee is going to release their first poll of the season, the poll that ranks the teams who are going to be playing in the 14 playoff at the end of the year. I, I'm, listen, I'm not about to like trying to predict like who's going to be at the end. I have some thoughts, but again, this is college football and this is the, this is the season with this, it's featured the most upsets of unranked teams, defeating ranked teams, uh, the second most ever in the history of, uh, of the rankings. Uh, I think only 2015 had more. I believe they had like two more upset victories than we're seeing this season. So, and there's still plenty of chances for upsets. There's a lot of, a lot of chances out there. So I'm not even going to try to predict what's going to happen five weeks from now, four or five weeks from now, with the final CFB poll. I'm just trying to figure out who the top four, top four teams are right now, which is difficult enough. So these are my rankings. If I were, if I were ranking them, if I were sitting in that room with the committee, this is how I would cast my ballot. Obviously, Georgia's number one. There ain't no on the season a strengthened schedule of 24. They've dominated every time. Mean, they've blown everybody out, everyone. They have destroyed every single team that they have played. And don't let the score against Clemson fool you. Clemson didn't realize that they were uh, and also ran this season when they played that game in on the neutral side against Georgia. And both those teams played extremely tight. Of course, the pick six in that game was the only touchdown than they, in a 10-3 ball game. That was a real defensive slugfest. If those two teams played today, Georgia would win that game by three touchdowns. Do not let that score fool you. Georgia would destroy Clemson today uh, because both of those teams have figured out who they are. So Georgia, number one, that's the easy one. Their upcoming schedule is home for Mizzou at Tennessee, which is arguably their toughest game left on the schedule. Then they host Charleston Southern in the um, <clears throat> the SEC Weekly Cupcake Invitational. Uh, that's the that's the week that all the SEC teams play their cupcakes before they play their uh, their rival, so they get Charleston Southern coming to uh, coming to Athens, Georgia that uh, this year, and then at Georgia Tech, obviously the non conference game game played in Atlanta against the rambling wreck of Georgia Tech. Uh, again, the best team that they're going to see the rest of this season, probably their their biggest their you know their toughest task all year is going to be that game in Knoxville. Tennessee can light up the scoreboard. They play a physical style of football uh, and, and can really light up the board. So that's going to give Georgia, I think, the only, that's the only chance for, for Georgia to have any fits in any potential stumble uh, this year. Missouri, they're going to they're gonna steamroll Missouri. They'll steamroll Georgia Tech. So that's my number one. Now this is where I start to get people mad <laughs> because rankings two through six, this is where people are going to get angry. My number two team right now is Alabama. And I can hear people groaning already, oh, SEC bias. I don't have any SEC bias. Trust me, I don't. I just know what's good. And right now, Alabama's second-best team in the country. 7-1, and one, strength of schedule is 18. I know the loss to Texas A&M is a huge upset. And people are like, oh, my God, what a huge upset. They lost to Texas A&M. They're terrible. Texas A&M is 6-2 and two right now. Okay. Now, granted, they've had some real head scratchers this year, namely the game in Boulder where they had to – Score a late touchdown to beat the Buffaloes um, in in Boulder in you a, a pillow fight uh, in that game, but when you watch when you watch Alabama play, they're top five in offense, they're top five in defense, and I believe that if they played any other team in the country outside of Georgia, that Alabama would be anywhere between a twelve and a thirty point favorite. I I just don't think that there's anybody that's really that close to them. Maybe maybe a game against Oklahoma. <clears throat> that, you know, they, that would that might be like a 10-point line, but Alabama would be favored to win by double digits in every team they play this year outside of Georgia. And when you look at their upcoming schedule, they've got LSU at home this week. They're going to dominate LSU. They'll blow them out. LSU's got transfers going left and right. Orgeron's already out the door. That game's going to be a blowout. Then they play New Mexico State, who might be one of the worst teams in the country. I mean, when I say might be, they are one of the worst teams in the country uh, in Division One football. They'll win that game by 80. Then they host Arkansas, who has completely gone off the rails. And they, you know, they'll be game. They'll have that game circled, of course, on their schedule. But I don't see Arkansas becoming much of a, of a, of a speed bump for, for Alabama. And then they've got the big game, the Iron Bowl, of course, coming up. That game is going to be on the Plains at Auburn. Now, there are a lot of things to consider when looking at that game. We'll certainly break that game down because rivalry week in, the, in NCAA football is my favorite week of the year. It's, there's just so much chaos that goes on. We love it here, obviously, with the Territorial Cup. There are many other great games out there, including the Iron Bowl, which anything is possible. And all of a sudden, you got Auburn sitting there with two losses, and you know they just came off a win over Ole Miss. And Auburn's looking pretty good right now with Brian Harson at the at the, at the helm. How long will Brian Harson be there because he's not vaccinated and Auburn has the mandate coming up on December 6th? That remains to be seen. But right now, Auburn looks like a really stiff test for Bama at the end of the year, as always. My number three team is Sparty, Michigan State. 8-0 on the season, strength the schedule of 47, coming off their big win over Michigan. Now the big knock on Sparty this year was that they hadn't played anybody. And that's largely true. They hadn't played anybody up until their game against Michigan. But they showed in that game they were down 30-14 to 14 and were able to rattle off a ton of points there in the final 21 minutes of that game and looked really good doing it. They've got a Heisman hopeful at tailback and Kenneth Walker. They've got some pieces around him. Uh, the quarterback is improving every single week. Peyton Thorne is improving every single week. They've got a playmaker at at tight end. They've got a good, solid offensive line, and they play some pretty good defense as well. Their upcoming games, you know, they've got at Purdue. That should be a win for them. But, again, in the Big Ten on the road, you never know. Then they host Maryland, and then their final two games are going to be huge tests for them. They go to the Horseshoe to play Ohio State in the, the penultimate week of the season, and then their final game of the season is at home against Penn State. So they've got a couple of big tests coming up at the end of the season, at the end of the regular season, to really see what Michigan State's medal is. If they can win out, obviously 12-0 and with that schedule, wins over Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, you're definitely in the top four. But they got to get past Purdue first, who's capable of beating anybody. We've seen that before, and it could happen again, especially playing in West Lafayette like they do in, uh, in uh, on this week. But I think Sparty's potential is very high because of their strength of schedule coming up. Another team whose strength of schedule is going to be rising rapidly over the next few weeks is my number four team that I have right now in the CFP, and that's the Sooners of Oklahoma. Now, right now, they're 9-0. and Okay. They stumbled a little bit out the blocks, but they won those games. Okay, Still winners. They had a little bit of a rocky start to the season, but still no losses. A strength of schedule currently that is 70th in the country. However, their next three games are big ones. They play at Baylor, who is one of the probably the biggest surprises in college football, also one of the most solid overall football teams in all of college football. I was texting my buddy, we were watching the Baylor-Texas game this weekend, um, and I was texting him. I'm like, did you re- do you realize that Baylor, Dave Aranda, new head coach over there, uh, has turned things around quickly. Baylor, in their last three games, has committed four penalties total, including zero in a game two weeks ago. I don't know how you do that. <laughs> like, in, in this day and age of college football, when everybody's throwing flags, how do you have four in three games? They do not beat themselves. They're very solid, and Oklahoma has to go and play them in their backyard this weekend. Huge, huge game in the Big 12. Then they return home to play the Cyclones. Iowa State plays great defense. They've got playmakers in Brees Hall, of course, and Brock Purdy. They've got a great tight end uh, on that offense. Anything can happen when you play great defense in the Big 12. And then their final game of the season at Oklahoma State. Cowboys have been quiet kind of all year but there they are sitting there with one loss and looking pretty damn good on this season they beat Texas and they play just good solid football they don't again they don't wow anybody you know uh, um, their quarterback is is just kind of more like a game manager at this point but Gundy's found himself a little bit of, of magic elixir there and that defense plays extremely well against the run so OU's opportunities to rise in the rankings are great because of who they play and where they play them. But they're also three very, very difficult games against three very good defenses. So OU's remaining season could be very interesting. So that's my top four, Georgia, Bama, Sparty, Oklahoma. Now, for the top two teams that are the outliers, teams five and six that I have, my fifth-ranked team in my CFP would be Cincinnati. They're 8-0. Their strength of schedule is 94. I get it. Okay. They have one big win. That big win continues to get better and better each week as Notre Dame continues to win. They won big at Notre Dame, a game that uh, I, th- I don't think they ever trailed in that game either. That was a dominant performance by Cincinnati. Now, they have struggled a little bit over the last two weeks against teams that are combined 3-13, and 13, and their upcoming schedule is not going to help them. They host Tulsa this week then they go to South Florida, then they host SMU, who just lost their first game of the season this past week to Houston, and then they play at Eastern Carolina, or East Carolina. The, the Pirates fans hate it when you call them Eastern Carolina. They're like, we're East Carolina, we're not directional. Okay, fine. Um, so since he's – I almost feel like their ceiling – they've already breached their ceiling, which tells me that they're not going to get into the top four – unless they get a lot of help, unless those teams start to topple. If Georgia somehow gets upset by Tennessee, if Alabama loses to Auburn and Auburn ends up in the SEC championship game, you know, there, a lot of things have to happen for Cincinnati to end up in that top four, just because their strength of schedule has not been great. And their strength of victories, the, you know, the eye test and things like that has not been great lately. Uh, the teams that they you know, they have a combined record of three and 13. They struggled to put away the last two weeks. So Cincinnati, trending downward in my opinion. I think they've reached their ceiling at five. They're a very good football team but I think if you line them up against Alabama or Oklahoma or Michigan State I think they get beat by each of those teams and of course I don't even know if they would score against Georgia. My sixth team in the cut and this is going to this is going to anger some people I know it. I have Oregon. Oregon number six. Why not? They're seven and one. Strength of schedule is 64 on the season. They had the big win at Ohio State and I know Ohio State, I guarantee there's Buckeye fans out there listening right now. They're like, Buckeyes are playing better football. Prove it to me. Prove it. I mean, Oregon, yes, they have struggled to dominate teams, I guess, if you will. They've been uh, penchant to play down to the level of their competition, but they're still winning football games. And the last time I checked, Ohio State was only routing all the bad teams in the Big Ten. And when they played against Penn State this past weekend, they needed four field goals and a defensive touchdown to eke out a victory, a team that you were favored by 19 against. So don't come talking to me about playing down to your competition or playing in close close games like Oregon has been. When Oregon went to your house, they beat you fair and square without their two best defensive players. Deal with it. Oregon's the sixth best team in the country, and their upcoming schedule is going to help them a little bit they 're kind of they're kind of a side moving team right now as far as their potential because they play at Washington big rivalry game, of course between those two schools this weekend, then they host Wazoo, then they go to Salt Lake to take on Utah, depending on what happens the next two weeks with utah don 't know if that team is going to be ranked or not. And then if Oregon State can figure out how to do anything on the road this year, they would have already been in, in a position to be ranked and giving Oregon a little bit of help when they, when they match up against them right there. So the, the strength of schedule is kind of in, in a holding pattern right now for Oregon. I think if Oregon wants to get into that top four, they're going to have to have a, a, a boost in their strength of schedule, meaning that you know, teams like Wazoo, Utah, and Oregon State are going to have to win games before they play Oregon. Oregon obviously has to win out. They have to finish 12-1 and 1 this year after winning the Pac-12 PAC championship game. And I think they're going to need a, top, uh, a strength of schedule in the top 50, top 45 to be considered a top-four team. And I think even then they'll still need some help from those teams that are currently in the top four. And then finally, some other teams to watch that are out there, obviously Ohio State. Their potential is high at Nebraska, home Purdue, home Sparty at Michigan. Two big games to end the season. Their potential is high. Strength of schedule is currently 43. That's going to go up. Wake Forest, watch out for Wake Forest and the ACC. They're 8-0. Strength of schedule is 83 right now. They have a ridiculously powerful offense. It's fun to watch. They play at North Carolina in a non-conference game, which is weird. Um, They host NC State. Their final two games are at Clemson at Boston College. So they got three road games. Two of them very, very good teams, and they host NC State, who's also very good this year. And then your final team to watch is Notre Dame. They're currently sitting at 7-1. and Their strength of schedule is number nine in the country. They play Navy, who's not any good, and Notre Dame is never penchant to run up the score on Navy, so that game's going to be close. Then they play at Virginia. Depending on their quarterback situation, Virginia's either really good or they're very average. Then they host Georgia Tech and then they play at Stanford to finish out their season. So they're kind of a side moving, but they're – the schedule's already ninth in the country. So that could be a team to look out for as well. If they finish 11-1, they're going to be knocking on that door of the CFP Final Four as well. So still a lot of interesting things to go through here, but my top six is Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State, Oklahoma, Cincy, Oregon. That's my top six. You can at me if you want. Feel free to do so at UAZ Voice. That's my name. All right, we're going to take a timeout when we return. More right here on the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. The
0: Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: Hey, basketball fans, you can celebrate the NBA's 75th anniversary season on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can place their first risk-free bet, and if you don't win, you'll get up to $1,000 back. Now, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, and you're a basketball fan, it's the perfect time to give it a shot right now. There are plenty of ways to set up some same-game parlays that you like. I'm looking at a Luka Doncic uh, uh, triple-double right now that I'm kind of interested in. You know, maybe a 25-10-10 with a Mavericks win. That pays out pretty nicely. There's all kinds of different things you can do. You can You can literally bet triple-doubles on certain players. There's all kinds of different ways to bet. And the cool thing is, with the NBA and FanDuel, there's live betting. So if you're watching a game and there's a trend that you like, if a player's heating up, you can drop some dimes on him and you can you know, see how it plays out for you. So there's a lot of different cool things that you can do to customize the way that you like to wager on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Of course, it's super easy to use. They're accepting Venmo now. And when you win, you get paid out real fast. In as little as two hours, and that's stretching it. I mean, usually the payouts are within minutes of you winning that, uh, winning that ticket. As I mentioned, there's live betting. There's lots of odd boosts, uh, uh, promotions and specials and things like that that they'll be sending you. There's no play- better place to uh, bet on NBA than FanDuel. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Download the FanDuel sports app, to, uh, sportsbook app today. Sign up using my promo code DEAN. You can get your first risk-free bet up to $1,000 and make every moment more this NBA season. Use my promo code DEAN. That way you can get the right promotion and get started right there with the uh, NBA on FanDuel Sportsbook. 21 and over and present in President Arizona. First online real money wager only. Refund issued is non-withdrawable. Site credit expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. Justin Spears coming up in just a moment. Um, I mentioned my, my CFP the the way that I have it, essentially debuting tonight, we'll see that you know, the the CFP committee will debut their their poll at at uh, four o'clock. You know, again, my one through four, or one through six may look entirely different from theirs you you never kind of you know you never know what they're going to when they first started the thing they're like we're looking at strength of schedule and strength of victories and then all of a sudden it was like no now we're looking at the eye test which team looks better which team's playing the better football and then they're like well what teams have injuries now and you're like my god (laughs) it's it's like you, you can't treat it like the nfl okay now granted in the nfl when a player gets hurt they've got another professional being paid millions of dollars to come in and play for them but in college football Obviously, if you're talking about these top teams, they've got other four-star guys waiting in the wings if somebody goes down. So they're just waiting for their moment to get out there and and get on the field. Some of them are a little young. Maybe that's why. Maybe prone to mistakes or whatever. But you never know when you catch lightning in a bottle. Hence what has happened with Oklahoma after they benched Spencer Rattler in favor of Caleb Williams. They've just taken off, and that's why they're in my top four because their potential is so good. And they've also got a rising strength of schedule, which is currently – Uh, 70th in the country, could end up in the top 40 by the time they're done with Baylor, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, Justin Spears, your friend and mine, will join us next right here on the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson.
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: Well, back, welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. Once again, the text line has opened, and it is your chance to register to win my tickets to this Saturday's homecoming game against Cal. Just text the word TOUCHDOWN to 68683. That's the word TOUCHDOWN, all one word. Text it to the number 68683. <clears throat> Pardon me as I get choked up over giving away my tickets. Text it to 68683. You could win my tickets. Message data rates may apply. We'll announce the winners on Friday morning. We'll have two winners, each winning a pair of my tickets to this Saturday's game against Cal Homecoming. We're red, and uh, good luck. 68683, the word is touchdown. Good luck to you. You have a small window now to text in and register to win. All right, speaking of small windows... We've got a small window to, to discuss a whole lot of things with our good friend Justin Spears, of course, co-host of the Spears and Ali Show weekdays here on ESPN Tucson from 3 to 6 and also, of course, a writer for the Tucson Daily Star. He joins us right now on the Jeff Dean Show. Justin, good morning, my friend. How are you?
2: Good morning, Jeff. Honestly, I'm surprised that, that code to win those tickets isn't like packed 12 after brunch because the next two home games at Arizona Stadium kick kicking off at noon, my friend. It's,
1: it's a good time. I know it's great. I mean, it's like it's it's a situation where I'm like, yay, I get to be home early, and then I'm also like, I have to leave at seven o'clock in the morning now if I want to drive to Tucson oh, because right. I have to be there uh, very very early to prep for everything. But it's it's all good, man. I'm happy to be kicking off at noon, and even though it's going to be unseasonably warm this weekend uh, in the mid 80s, it's still going to be a beautiful day for football, and even a better day for a win. Absolutely,
2: and you know, in Arizona now riding a 20-game losing streak, maybe uh, a little change in kickoff time at Arizona Stadium can bring them some good fortune, and maybe they can turn this thing around and finally end that losing streak.
1: Hey, I'm looking for any kind of change. and Any any change is good right now. Anything different from what we've been doing is going to be good. I mean, honestly. And, look, let's start there. Let's start with what we saw on Saturday night. Uh, you yeah. know, look, this defense has, has held up They've gone through some changes, obviously with Trayshawn Hayward essentially being dismissed from the team or whatever his, you know, deal is right now. And Keon Bars, who we haven't seen for a few weeks, and he was our best player in the first five weeks of the uh, of the season. You know, hasn't been able to play, but other guys have stepped up. Jalen Harris had his best game as a Wildcat this Saturday, this past Saturday at the Coliseum. Uh, you know, and, and other guys ha- have stepped up as well. Christian Young rounding into his role as the Viper, leading the team in tackles on Saturday night. What were you, what were your takeaways from the game on Saturday night?
2: Yeah, I think Jalen Harris. You know, one thing about him. Is that he will? He can have a fantastic game, but the the numbers don't necessarily show. And that's yep. you know kind of the unfortunate part about a defensive lineman is that you're not going to put up crazy numbers like a linebacker or a defensive back, a safety. Like it's just you you just have to do your job, and when you do it, sometimes it's the stats don't always show up. But you know he had a pass breakup, like he was batting down passes with those long arms that he has um and you know jet fish yesterday in his press conference called them a war daddy a war daddy and uh when when you when you call somebody a war daddy i mean that that's like one of the most like football terms ever oh yeah because it it's it's just it just describes to it's you a word to describe somebody as just someone who just goes to battle and it's just so tough and and intense and, and you know jalen harris a big credit to him. He registered every single snap possible on defense for Arizona. Uh, Jeff Fish said in his time as a head coach, you know, he can't remember any time that a defensive lineman has ever done that. So Jalen Harris, man, he, he, he's been in this program now for a few years. He's experienced a lot of change with, with you know, coaching staff and, and what have you. But, I mean, he's really, really stepping up big time over the last couple of weeks and it's going to be interesting to see what he does in this final stretch. And, you know, does he, you know, get to a point where he gets to a tough decision where he starts to, uh, you know, garner some NBA draft attention. And is it, is it going to be like a situation like Roy Lopez where, you know, you know, NFL teams are saying, no, you're going to get drafted. You know, why, why come back to college? And Roy Lopez is now starting for the Houston Texans. Maybe Jalen Harris can kind of get into, you know, a, a similar situation, but, Defensively, I love Jalen Harris. Uh, I'm still concerned with safety play. I know they've been banged up, and then Jackson Turner going out with a targeting call didn't help. Um, and, and once you know Jackson Turner got out of the game, and you know they installed Jaden Young, USC was just going after Jaden Young, and uh, and safety play. You know that's a problem. Uh, you know, USC was able to get out in the space. They were able to, to run the ball uh, efficiently as well. So. That's a concern, but overall, I've been I've been impressed with the defensive play so far this year.
1: Yeah, I have too, and I feel like people were expecting a lot of you know big sack numbers and stuff from Arizona you know, with the new defense that Don Brown installed. But look, this whole process was going to take time, and I, I mean, I'm personally you know where they're, where they're sitting right now. I think they, that the pressure that they put on quarterbacks this season has been just fine. They've they've pressured plenty of quarterbacks, uh, including you yep. know getting after Dylan Morris at Washington, and you know that pass rush was a huge problem for Washington, and and I I suspect that it's going to be a problem for Cal this weekend as well.
2: Oh, a hundred percent, and it, we haven't seen that over the last couple of years. Yeah, and Don Brown when he came in and took over the defense, he just completely changed the mindset. He got everybody playing aggressive, and now the defensive line, they're starting to get to the quarterbacks, and sure, they may not get there, but the fact that Jalen Harris had six quarterback pressures against USC, that shows that, I mean, they're really improving in that category, and um, now now it's time to start getting to the quarterback, start turning those pressures into sacks.
1: Justin, you're obviously around the program a little bit more often on a weekly basis stuff. You're at the at the press conferences. You're talking to the players. You're interviewing the guys, whereas I have just kind of phone conversations with some of the people within the program, and uh, then obviously on Saturdays there for the games. Playing with joy is one of those things that I think is is underrated in the world of, of college football and and you would think that a team that has lost twenty games in a row, there's fifty six players on this roster that have never experienced a collegiate football win, that they would be kicking rocks, looking down at their you know at the ground, and and saying you know oh woe is me, where do I go next? But this team seems to be playing for one another and playing with a lot of joy. Do you do you get that same feeling?
2: Oh, 100 percent, man. And it's just so weird that <laughs> that we could say that twenty game losing streak and. The guys never wavered. The coaches, the players, nobody has ever wavered. They come in week in and week out, and they're just trying so hard to finally end this losing streak. And Jet Fish said, you know, <clears throat> we want to go from losing big to losing little, to, lo- to winning little and winning big. Right now, they're at this, this losing little mm-hmm. phase, and they need to start finally turning that corner and turning some of these defeats into victories. I mean, every single game, with the exception of, you know, a couple this year, Arizona has been in, in the game. In, in the second half, in the fourth quarter, Arizona was winning a possession. It's just had a couple things gone their way. I mean, we'd be sitting here talking about Arizona having two, maybe even three wins this year. But, you know, they, they just need to find a way to to learn how, how to win games. And when they can do that, I mean, they could really, you know, start to turn this thing around. But the guys love Coach Fish. I think one of the most telling quotes of the season, and it, it again, it did happen before the season. But tight end Bryce Wilma said, for the first time in a long time, I'm excited to play football again. And when you think about what these kids have gone through over the last,
1: you know, couple of years, and
2: again, I don't want to just pile on to Kevin Sumlin because I, I
1: don't. no think feel free, go right ahead. Do all you want, pile on all you want, man. There's not enough dogs in the world to to pile on top of that one.
2: <laughs> well, you know, and I, I don't, you know, it's in the past, and you know, I don't want to, you know, reopen old wounds or sure. what have you. But you know, when you when you talk to a lot of these players, they just they get a sense that the coaching staff loves them, and there's this mutual respect between the staff and the players, and unfortunately, that was missing with the previous regime. So even though they're losing games, I mean, they, they love coach fish. They love the staff that he's assembled and they want to play for them. And when you have a team, when you have a a staff that wants to coach you, you're going to do whatever it takes to to make sure that you're doing your part. And, And that's what you're really starting to see. Even though they're losing games this year, they're losing in competitive fashion. And isn't that what Arizona fans wanted to see all this time? I heard at the start of the year, I don't care how many wins Arizona has, just as long as we're competitive. Well, they're competitive this year. Unfortunately, they just don't have any wins. So maybe, hopefully, that part comes here in the near
1: future. We're joined by Justin Spears right now, writer from the Arizona Daily Star, also, of course, co-host of the Spears and Ali Show, which you can hear every weekday here from 3 to 6 on ESPN Tucson, talking some sports with Justin right now. And speaking of playing with joy, there was a lot of joy in the building at McHale Center last night as the Tommy Lloyd era begun in an exhibition game, uh, an absolute whipping of uh, Eastern New Mexico last night. What are your original thoughts? I, I, I was joking earlier on the show that we're going to steal your opinions before you can actually get on the air and give them yourself during your own show. What were your thoughts from last night's game?
2: <laughs> well, my, my biggest takeaway from last night was that it was just so damn good to get into McHale Center and hear the beautiful voice of Jeff Dean. <laughs>
1: eat
2: or eat or eat. Oh, man. Ah, hear,
1: hearing, are you, you know, buttering you me up for something, there? Justin?
2: It, it's been a long year, fans. When I heard that, it, I got <laughs>
1: chilled, Jeff.
2: Like I, hearing that, hearing the fans, you know, erupt after you know hearing you like saying, you know, welcome back to McHale Center. It was, gosh, it was it was a, a surreal moment. You know, and I moment felt like we needed a little so something happy. more.
1: Yeah, I felt like we needed a little something more in the welcome. So I just kind of like I don't know. I just kind of shot from the hip a little bit there, just kind of resetting everything for people. So I'm glad. I'm glad. It, I'm, yeah, glad it, well, I'm glad. It, it felt good to you. Because I was a little, awkward. oh yeah, I'm like, I, got, oh, I don't yeah, know I if got, I'm overdoing it here. I got
2: goosebumps, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got dude buff, man. No, you did, as always, man. You're you're a pro's pro. You're the best in the biz. But, um, man, it was just so great to be back in the Kell Center last night. Uh, my, and honestly, my biggest takeaway was, um, you know, Dalen Terry, He's gonna be, he's gonna be like the sixth starter for Arizona this year. Yeah. I think once Pella Larson gets you know, healthy again, and you know, starts to, you know, become 100%. I think Pella Larson's going to get back in, into the starting lineup, the Utah transfer. I mean, he was one of the top shooters in the Pac-12 last year, um, and he's going to do it again this year. But um, it, once he gets back in the lineup, Dalen Terry was starting at small forward. You know, moving him to the bench is a, is a is a good problem to have if you're Tommy Lloyd. And what I saw last night with his athleticism, the way he was able to get out in the open court, he even put one guy on skates, going to the basket. I yeah. mean Dalen Terry was just very impressive. Ben Matherin scoring 18 points. Um, looking like he picked up where he left off yesterday or last year. And then Christian Coloco with a nice little double double, including a three pointer at the top of the key. <laughs> Didn't think I'd ever see Christian Coloco knock down a three pointer, but uh this team has a lot of has a lot of depth. Um and they're just gonna be so fun to watch. They they love playing with each other. They love uh playing for Tommy Lloyd. Uh, you just you just get a sense that you know this year's team. I I think they're gonna turn a lot of heads. Now, can you take all of that away from from an exhibition game? No, I I just always thought that prior uh, to going into this year, but you know seeing the guys get after it yesterday, uh, I I thought it was very impressive. Azulas Tubelis didn't even have you know like that good of a game. And yet here we are saying that, you know, Arizona looked impressive last night. So, um, yeah, they're going to have some depth. And the the one thing that's very important for this team is that they're not relying on a bunch of 18-year-olds. Like a couple of years ago, when Sean Miller was relying on Dignaggi, Nico Mannion, and Josh Green, all the guys that he has are all second, third-year, four-year players. When you have that experience, those kind of veterans, uh, that could really do you wonders in college basketball, especially in March.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if if Arizona can shoot as well during the regular, you know, during the season as they did last night. I mean, essentially they were fifty and forty last night, percentage wise, from two and three, respectively. And and if you can do that, you're going to score a lot of points and win a lot of basketball games. Oh yeah, and and
2: the the, th- the three point shot. Um, You know, when you add in Pella Larson, that's going to improve. Uh, I think Ben Matherin has also uh, worked on his three-point numbers as well. But, you know, getting out in the open, getting out in transition, you know, playing fast, that's, you know, kind of like Tommy Lloyd's uh, bread and butter. Um, I think the shooting numbers are are, going to be just fine. Uh, But we'll see, you know, moving forward. You know, I want to see this on the road um, against Illinois. Illinois. You know, I'd rather than East for New Mexico. So there's not too much you can take away from last night. But uh, so far, so good for Arizona.
1: Yeah, and like I said, you know, my my only real gripe with with what I saw last night is that they need to get Azulis Tabellas involved earlier in the offense. You know, because he's a guy I think that – uh, it looked like he had, not, I don't want to say lost interest because, I, you know, I have a lot more respect for him as a, as a basketball player to say that. But uh, it just looked like he was maybe forcing his shot. He was, he was just trying to get his shot off. As soon as he got the ball for the first time in, like, four minutes, he just launched a ball into the air. And he just didn't have that regular Azulis-Tubelis look to it. So if they can get him going early, and I know that, look, there's a lot of shooters on this team. Kim Aikens proven that he can come in and shoot the Rock. He worked with Corey Kispert in the offseason, and it shows, man. His shot looks beautiful. Uh, you know, Justin Kyer, who I noticed in practice and also at the red blue game has a great stroke, the red blue game. He didn't shoot well at all last night, obviously was on fire last night, four of six from beyond the arc. So there's a lot of shooters on this team. And as you mentioned, and Tommy Lloyd mentioned Pella Larson still waiting in the wings and he's healthy and ready to go. He's been practicing with the team. He'll play against NAU on, on Tuesday. Yeah,
2: that's a big domino, uh, right there is, is Pella Larson, and. Uh, Arizona fans are really going to see, you know, what this kid is, is made of. Um, you know, forty percent from three point range last year. One of the top shooters in the Pac-12. I mean, he, he is he is the goods. And um, you know, Justin Kyer. You know, all the people that you know we're talking about. One thing they all have in common is that they all have experience. They played collegiately before. Um, so when you when you have that that experience, man, it's going to be easier for everyone to kind of all gel together. And then by the time you get to Pac-12 play, I mean, we could be talking about Arizona being a dark horse to potentially even win the Pac-12. I know UCLA, man, UCLA is going to be really, really good this year. Oregon, Dana Altman, you know, he's proven that he has been, you know, one of the top coaches in the Pac-12, if not the top coach in the Pac-12 over the last few years. Um, so there's going to be some good teams in the pack this year. USB is also going to be, you know, pretty good this year. But with that experience, I, I think it's just going to be easier for everyone to, to come together. And um, I would be surprised if we're talking about Arizona uh, being in that top, you know, two or three spot in the pack, fall by season then.
1: Well, plus, Justin, you know, as they say, styles make fights. And when you look at Arizona's style versus what, UCLA, Oregon, and SC are going to run out there. They're much more deliberate basketball teams, much more uh, rough and tumble play. You know, tight lockdown defense. Arizona's going to be a little more freewheeling. You just never know what can happen when you give yeah. someone a puncher's chance in that situation.
2: Yeah, and the Pac-12 well, man, it's going to be loaded this year. Uh, it's going to be you know so much fun. Uh, but you know, we got to get to the non-conference schedule first. And you know, Arizona, while they you know should I think coast through their non con schedule. I mean they have some some tough games as well. They gotta go to Vegas here at the end of the month. Uh then they gotta, you know, play at Illinois. So they're gonna have some tests this year. Um and if they get through those tests just fine, I think uh this team is gonna be okay. But one thing I'm curious to see is, you know, how many guys does Tommy Lloyd play once he gets the Pac twelve play? And I'm talking to more so about the the fringe guys, the yeah. Adama Ball, yep, the Shane Noel, Shane Noel. yep, uh, the, the, the the true freshman. Because um, I thought they looked, you know, okay in spurts. But Tommy Lloyd speaks very highly of Adama Ball, and the way he described him in the press conference last night was that Adama is not going to be really really good this year, but next year at this time, man, I really want to see you know, how his game has improved. So, you know, monitoring those guys is going to be something uh, noteworthy moving forward because, um, you know, because, you know, with Tommy Lloyd to redshirt both those guys yep.
1: uh,
2: or, or one of those guys. So uh, the the minute for the true freshmen moving forward, that's something to monitor. But, again, that's a good problem to have because a couple of years ago, Arizona was re- relying on the freshmen
1: yeah. to do the bulk
2: of the production.
1: Yeah, now 32 minutes a game the for the freshmen instead of, yeah,
2: exactly. They're allowing them to sit back and just say, Hey, watch these guys operate.
1: Exactly. Well, Justin, we appreciate the time as always, man. Thank you for your expertise. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good show this afternoon and uh, enjoy world series and whatever else is going to be on the, uh, on the sports docket for you tonight, man. Okay.
2: Dean, you're the best. Thanks for having me on.
1: That's Justin Spears. Of course, One half of the Spears and Ali show here every weekday from 3 to 6. Join them today at 3 o'clock as they'll be breaking down some of the things that they saw from Arizona basketball last night as well. We're going to take a timeout. When we return, we'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson.
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos.
1: Desert Diamond is true Tucson
0: more of the jeff dean show on 1490 am 1049 fm espn tucson
1: thanks again to justin spears always a great contributor to the show and to his own show for that matter and to the community as a writer for the arizona daily star look forward to uh, hearing his opinions this afternoon uh, at three o'clock, again, they're going to be preempted because we're going to have the World Series coverage starting at four o'clock here on ESPN Tucson as we have World Series Game Six, and hopefully, I'm I'm just hoping for a Game Seven, just because Game Sevens are awesome, and uh, I look forward to watching Game Seven tomorrow night. I uh, just you know I'm not going to be able to watch Game Six a whole lot tonight. Got to work, unfortunately, but uh, tomorrow night Game Seven, be able to watch that, and uh, looking forward to it. Hopefully, the Astros can draw even. I'm not rooting for the Astros per se. Um, I guess if I did have a, a rooting interest in this particular series, I would say it's Dusty Baker. Uh, you know, as a lifelong Giants fan, I'd like to see Dusty. <clears throat> Dusty cash one in. He's a good guy, 72 years old, and his days in Major League Baseball are numbered. And I uh, would like to see him cash one in just just for Dusty. I don't want to see the Houston Astros franchise win one by any stretch, but uh would nice to see Dusty be able to cash one in. He's Again, he's a good guy. Um, of course, a, a great ambassador for baseball, and uh, love that dude and uh, wish him all the best. Hopefully, uh, you know, again, not rooting for the Astros, but if I, if I did have a rooting interest in this series, it would be just be for Dusty. So we'll see. That game, of course, uh, coverage starts here at 4 o'clock. First pitch is at 5.07 right here on ESPN Sun Game 6 of the World Series, back in Houston for the final maybe two games of the series. Um, On tomorrow's show, we're going to talk Cardinal football with our Cardinal insider, Tyler Drake. He will join us, as he always does, at 7.30. Seems like it's been forever. Not only, I mean, it's only been a week since we talked to Tyler, as we always do every Wednesday. Uh, But because the Cardinals played on Thursday, it feels like it's been forever. And there's been a few things going on at Cardinal camp specifically with the quarterback and some injuries. And uh, we'll see what the, uh, the updates on Kyler Murray are as we talk to Tyler Drake tomorrow. So uh, be sure to tune in for that as he does a fantastic job getting us the inside look at the Arizona Cardinals, one of the top teams in the NFL. Last night, the Kansas City Chiefs kind of eked one out against the New York Giants. Uh, the Chiefs getting Melvin Ingram, <clears throat> pardon linebacker from the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers to try to improve their pass rush, which is the worst in the league. Yeah, Chiefs pass rush, dead last in the NFL in quarterback pressures and sacks and, of course, win rate in passing downs as well. So need to shore that thing up. Chiefs, I'm still not exactly sure if they're a playoff team. If they get in the playoffs, how effective they'll be, whatever. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks again to Justin Spears, our guest, and, of course, to Mary back in studio for taking care of everything and pushing all the right buttons and keeping us on the air. And we look forward to seeing you guys again tomorrow. We'll have more women's basketball tickets to give away and registering for my tickets for Saturday's homecoming game against Cal. We'll see you then at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson.
0: Thanks for listening to The Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson, KWCX Tank of Verde, KMXZ HD for Tucson.